Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 30th dose, and it's called I Feel. And my name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to share with you some of the helpful, kind of magical, sparkly, interesting, awe-inducing, funny, playful uh, things that I've discovered in life that, and by realists, I mean kind of the stuff that your human body is experiencing. And I'm fascinated by the intersection of our spirit and our physicality or our emotional body and our circumstances and our physical surroundings. And so I play with that and I tell you some of my discoveries on this podcast. I'm making this particular one because I want to try and describe something that helps me navigate through decisions and it's something like quite present for me right now and I'm hoping that by sharing it, it will be useful to you and maybe give some language um, and awareness to something that you may already be doing or other people in your life might be doing. So. It's called I feel because I've noticed that my language has been shifting lately, no, probably for a while, um, where instead of saying I think, for example, I think I want to da 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 da, or I think, da, like just we use it as a, like a sort of preface to the next part of the sentence. And I do this in writing in my journal or in emails or in talking, and I've been shifting that to more often use the phrase I feel because I notice that that's actually more accurate to how I'm making the decision like if it was like I think we should have spaghetti for dinner like it's not really happening in my brain like a calculation it's more like I feel like eating spaghetti (laughs) it's like probably more my stomach deciding that um, or I don't, I don't think I can fit that into my schedule. It's sometimes more accurate to say, I feel like putting that in would be too squished. And I'm not sure if people on the receiving end have noticed this difference, but I feel, ha, see there. So normally, or before I would have said, I think it's more accurate to say, But I am saying, I feel it's more accurate to say that da-da-da-da. And I suspect that the, the words we use there may actually be giving us a clue to our, our kind of like, um, extrasensory perception, um, or it's not, maybe it's part of our senses because it's, okay, not extrasensory, but the the way that we are like getting clarity and um, some people call these the like the clairvoyance, the clairs, like clairaudience, clairvoyance and clairsentience, claircognizance, I'm missing some, Um, but that the, some people feel things more clearly, some people like know things in their mind more clearly, some people kind of see an unfolding and, and this is, would be a way that our intuition kind of speaks to us. So in my case, I feel 
is usually a really a more accurate way to describe how I am coming to a knowledge of something. And so by putting that into words, I think I'm kind of more declaring it as it is and um, therefore more aware of my process. So I'm curious if you just watch your language, there might be one that you are using more often to in that sort of filler spot. And that might be accurate to your experience of how you're deciding or, or knowing or um, coming to understand something, or it might be, um, it might be just inherited and not accurate. So that's something to start noticing. So I noticed it today as I was starting to come up with today's podcast episode, because I started, <clears throat> I thought, oh, it's the 30th one. I want to do something special because that's kind of like noteworthy. I started this in January, I believe, and now we're 30 episodes in. And I, I, when I started, I thought I would try it for a year and then see how that felt and see what the response was like and see if I wanted to continue. But that, a year felt like a decent chunk of time to, to try having a podcast. So I'm uh, well past the middle of that and still enjoying it. I hope you are too. If you're still listening, I take that as, I guess, a compliment or an assurance that this is of some value to you. Uh, so I thought, oh, I'll do something special for the 30th one. Uh, and I thought, oh, I would love to share with you 30 um, kind of like helpful little tricks. So I started making a list. And the first one I was totally sure of. And by number four, I was still like, this is how these are helpful. <laughs> and then after that, I got to number nine. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. There's a lot more from 9 to 30, which isn't to say that I don't have 30 helpful things to tell you. I'm sure I do. But it felt like forced, like a little bit, um, like a sort of dredging the bottom of something. And I'm noticing that the more I pay attention to these kind of subtle clues or cues of the feeling of something inside me, um, and I, I don't override that, the result, it, both in my experience and in what I'm putting out into the world, feels better. It feels more authentic, I think, and that is one of the kind of touchstones that I really want to, I guess, figure out. Like, I want to... I want to authentically express myself. And when I am not doing that, I feel quite grumpy, like really agitated inside. And I'm, I probably because of my upbringing am very good at containing that agitation inside my body and just keeping the boiling pot like inside my belly and not letting it out. So I can be I can be pleasant. I could do customer service. I can like somewhat keep going and only those attuned to my <laughs> undercurrents will notice that I'm 
agitated and frustrated. And it seems that the more I tune into those, like, first feelings of, like, ah, ah, like, squished, I'm kind of, like, clamming up my hand as I'm saying this, the more that I don't feel that pressure building inside uncomfortably. (laughs) So, uh, you might be curious now on the first nine of these non, or the nine of the 30 that I didn't get to. Um, so why don't I share them with you? (laughs) Okay. So the first one, oh, wait a second. Let's back up. I've noticed that one of the things that makes me really happy is that when somebody tells me something that I shared with them that they remembered. And it's this really kind of basic idea that I still find hard to grasp, which is that it's like the basics of peekaboo when a little kid, you know, you like cover up your face and then when you unveil it, the kid's really happy to see you because something in their early cognition doesn't really realize that when, when they can't see you, you're, you're still there. And so it's like as if you magically like appear and reappear, appear, disappear, reappear. And I think that part of my psyche still operates like that. Like I still find it amazing to realize that other people are, exist even when I'm not interacting with them, which sounds like an extremely, um, not heliocentric, but like self-centered universe, like as if only the things I'm interacting with exist on some sort of level that's true to my experience though (laughs) like I'm only experiencing them when I'm experiencing them anyways apparently people that I can't see like you for example who are listening apparently you exist even though I can't see you which is amazing and so when I find out something that you remember or even when I find out that you listen to this podcast, it somehow is like proof that you exist when I am not connecting with you and and I have some sort of presence in your mind or your life or your earbuds, even when I, even when I'm gone. And finding out about these still feels like a bit miraculous to me. So this first trick is about Nalgene water bottles. The the trick being, if you're camping, Nalgene's are a certain brand in Canada and the States, I think. Maybe they have them in other parts of the world. They're like a thicker, um, non-BPA plastic water bottle with a screw top. And they hold about a liter of water. And they're brilliant because you can put boiling water into them and it doesn't affect the plastic. So they're quite light to carry, but you can put boiling water in them. And if you put hot water or boiling water in them and then have it with you when you're, when you're cold at night camping, it acts as an incredible hot water bottle. It's fantastic. So you can be camping, you have a water bottle all day. Then if you're like pushing the season limit and you think you're going to have cold toes, boil some water, put it in your Nalgene, maybe in a sock or a t-shirt or something. And then in the bottom of your sleeping bag or just cuddle on your lap, it's super warm. 
So I've used this technique quite a bit. It saved me at summer camp. I've used it when I live off the grid and the fire's gone out. And I, I must have told, shared this with somebody. And years later, they said, you know, whenever I put hot water bottle in my Nalgene, I think of you. Aw! Like, that's like so practically touching to me that it was like, that's... <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's what I want to do in the world. I just want to give people ideas on how to keep their toes warm and then know that something of my spirit is continuing on in their experience uh it makes me really happy so I thought I'd share that with you in case you ever have cold toes and you have a Nalgene water bottle number two is a seasonal recommendation I've been picking raspberries and blueberries lately and I learned this from somebody in the berry patch when I was quite young, which is that if you leave the berries out on the counter for a few hours, even a day, depending on their ripeness, just leave them out for a while before you freeze them or before you preserve them, uh, they will continue to ripen and they'll just go from like good to like really good. Now, if they're already overripe, don't do this. But if they're just like the ripeness that you usually pick blueberries and raspberries, leave them out on the counter and they will just sweeten up so well. Number three is closely related, which if you, is if you're going to freeze raspberries, they very easily like collapse into each other and you end up with just a lump of raspberries in your freezer. So if you freeze them first on a cookie tray, like flat and spread out, then when you, they're already solidified when you put them in a, a bag to, or a container together. And then when you go to, to take some out, it's either not all globbed together and you can easily just take out a handful of what you want for your smoothie or your sauce or something. Number four is that you can shop for shoes in the other gender department. If you identify as a, usually as a man or a woman, you don't have to buy shoes just in that department. So for example, I'm a, I consider myself a woman and I can buy men's shoes. Like the sizing is a little bit different, but they still make like small shoes and big shoes and everything in between. So you just figure out what the equivalent is in the other gendered sizing chart and all your options open up more. Often the the styles can, like for example, of hiking boots or these like um, low profile runners that I just got. So I just got the woman's pair and kept, brought them home, realized they're a bit too small, but the store was out of the next size up of women's shoes. So I'm going to return them and then buy the men's pair because... They're the same shoe, it's just a different sizing system. So that's a good trick to know if you are not finding the size you want in your usual gender. The shoes work on anybody's feet, especially if you want like wider or narrower feet. Not Shoes that can also be affected by the gender of the shoe, which is the shoes don't really have gender. Number five is that you can... I taught myself to write mirror image when I was probably in elementary school. One, this is a really good trick for the brain. Uh, so it's like writing the other direction and writing the shape of the letters in the other direction such that if you were to put it in a mirror, you could read it. So it's a, yeah, it's just like brain gymnastics. And the other great thing about this is I... <laughs> I developed it because it was fun, or I, I taught myself how to do it because it was fun and it was and a challenge. 
But then it became really handy because I would be sitting in church and I found sermons boring. I, well, I was going to say I still do, but I don't have to listen to them much ever, actually, Um, unless I want to for some reason. Anyways, I would be sitting there and I'd want to write in my journal while listening to the sermon or while the sermon was happening, I should say. And, but there'd be people like sitting right beside me, usually my friends. And I know that if somebody's writing in a journal, sitting right beside me, facing the same direction, I'm going to glance down and read what they're writing. Like, that's just going to happen. So I assume that other people are going to do this too. And I'd probably want to be not taking notes on the sermon, which is sort of what most people are supposed to be doing when you have a book in front of you. I would not want to be writing about the sermon. I'd want to be writing about my feelings, about my crushes, about all sorts of things. And so if I wrote mirror image, then I knew that the people sitting beside me, if they glanced over, wouldn't be able to read what I was writing. Because you can like decipher it if you if you work with it. But on a like, you're going to, it's, it's going to be impolite to stare at the page that long. So I knew that on a glance, they wouldn't be able to recognize what I was writing. So it's sort of like hiding in plain sight if you can write mirror image. I thought that might be helpful to you. <laughs> or at least amusing. Number six is a, something I do that I think other, lots of people don't even consider as an option, uh, which is that I don't have data on my phone. I, I, I have a cell phone. I'm actually recording into it right now, but, uh, there's no data plan on it. So that means I can phone people and I can text people. I can't text people pictures, but then when I get on a Wi-Fi connection, then I have all the internet capacities and then I can use a web-based text thing like WhatsApp and then I can send anything. But I don't get emails or uh, any kind of web-based message when I'm not connected to the internet. And uh, I don't have internet at my house, so I don't get any of that information when I'm at home. For me, this is extremely liberating. It is like a built-in boundary that really relaxes me. And so I hear discussions of like how to make boundaries around time and around like social media and all this stuff. And it seems like the, the given behind that is that you are going to have access, like you are going to have internet access and you are going to have these messages coming in on your phone all the time. And then the question becomes like, are you going to put sort of like a timer on the app? Are you going to like self-discipline and not check it? And like those become the questions. So I just wanted to point out that there's another option, which is like just to not have the connectivity of constantly available. So I find that an excellent solution for me. It has a few logistical implications, um, but I'm, I think I'm pretty, uh, like I inform people of kind of what they can expect as far as when they're going to hear back from me. And nobody has like got their nose too out of joint. Like I respond in reasonable times and that, yeah, that barrier for me um, really helps relax me. And I notice that if I, if I have too much time with that connective availability, I feel more frazzled and that I feel really good on days 
like I'll feel kind of like a withdrawal at first of, of not having that but then I feel really good on days when I don't have I don't connect to the internet at all um, I feel more connected to my own voice and yeah there's funny things about not having data on my phone like everybody expects that you can just load a map wherever you go and so sometimes I, I will pre like I'll look at a, a map before I go somewhere and take some screenshots so I have those on my phone to look at to get there uh, or you can just write down the directions or ask somebody or memorize the map like there's we we were able to navigate as a human species for years before we had uh, maps on our phones at all times I think I'm a little bit kind of stubborn that way where I feel like it that's a pretty good skill to hold on to like being able to find your way around uh, without a device it feels like it actually feels like a good survival skill to not lose. Um, yeah, so just wanted to give you that option of removing data from your phone or internet from your house. And, okay, number seven is the another option I'm giving you, which is you can use another name. Um, as you know, my name is Lindsay Celeste, and... Celeste was not a name I was born or given at birth. Uh, it came later. And I also have two last names that uh, alternate. It's like a parent, you know, separated parents deal. And so the repertoire of names I have to choose from in combinations is uh, more vast than, than normal. And uh, that brings some strange complications. But also it... Uh, I think it has given me some flexibility around, um, it's almost like it's loosened my own hold on my identity. And that feels useful because we can get quite stuck in a way of being, in a way of being perceived, in a way of perceiving ourselves. And our name could be quite tied to that, quite tied to how we see ourselves and how we're seen in the world. And so there's, there's actually like, there's some legal things around name change, but you can, you can be called something else if you want. You can just play with it. You can, you know, when you go in a restaurant sometimes and they're like, can we just have a name for the order? Like you don't have to give them your legal name. I'm not sure if you realize that, but you don't have to give them your legal name. You can try out a whole bunch of names. You can just, just play with it. And I think the playing with it. Um, it might lead you to surprising insight about a name you feel more comfortable with, or it just might kind of loosen that hold a little bit of like, this is who I am in the world. Yeah. So that's an option. Number eight, which is hang clothes in a color gradient. This saved me when it came to laundry on a clothesline because laundry has a bad rep as far as like being a chore that nobody wants to do. And really like laundry is amazing if you have a washing machine those are incredible technology that saves a lot of scrubbing if you get to wash by hand that's like an amazing process of hands-on like cleansing for all your clothes and if you are lucky enough to have a clothesline to hang outside then your clothes are going to get to like play in the wind and feel the sun and oh so good 
so by hanging my co- my clothes by color gradient on the clothesline, one, it looks fantastic when it's hanging up there. And it also switched helped switch it for me from a like loathsome chore story to like an art enjoyable story of like, oh my god, I get to hang up my clothes. I get to make this beautiful, flapping, colorful personal flag. Um, yeah, so I wanted to give you that option to see if it feels good, and I think your clothes will like it, and I would love to see a picture of your clothesline if you happen to try this. And the last one is number nine, which is the option to use bamboo cutlery. I really enjoy using bamboo cutlery these days. It feels different in my mouth. Uh, I grew up in a culture of pretty much all metal cutlery with some uh, shitty plastic stuff thrown in when it's like uh, takeout or something. And now there's bamboo available and it feels great. It feels like it doesn't get cold. It's not so heavy in my hand. It feels good in my mouth. And again, it's like, it's just the, it helps with my awareness that we don't have to do things the same way as we were taught or as our culture or as they've always been done to question small assumptions keeps my my keeps me open and keeps me curious and i think that helps with my experience of the world to for it to be more compassionate and enriched and enjoyable and i'm going to leave it at 9 i don't have 30 for you i mean i might but not today because I feel like that's the end of the natural ones. And I feel grateful that I get to make these. I feel grateful that you listened. And I know I would feel stoked if you got in touch with me. I love hearing from you guys and gals and people. And if you want to do so, you can find me on Instagram. The handle is at Magic for Realists, and the podcast website, which is another way to get in touch with me, is magicforrealists.ca. So, I feel like that's the end of the episode for this week, so thank you for listening, and until next time, I hope you experience some of the magic in the real world, and I also hope that if you enjoyed this, you share it with somebody. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.